Hey guys, it's Kate Zachary, and this is The Final Whistle. Hello and welcome back to Rugby Connection Presents The Final Whistle. Now, this week's guest, if you've known me long enough, I'm a big, massive Exeter Chiefs fan and I collect jerseys. Sadly, I don't have a USA Eagles top, but got a top based on her nickname, Captain America. It's Kate Zachary. Kate, thank you so much for coming on. How are we getting on? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, going well. There's sunshine in England, which is something you rarely see, so it's a pretty good start to the week. Yeah, I mean, that's not so much sunshine in Scotland, but we'll take it. It's dry. We'll take it. It's a win. <laughs> Small victories. That's it. Um, before we proper get into this, just massive congratulations on winning the Allianz Cup in front of Sandy Park. How did that feel? Oh, it was awesome. I know, um, <clears throat> I think the day of and a few times I spoke to people right after, there's not much you could say besides, you know, it was just, it was amazing and it, it was cool, but you kind of had a loss of words. Um, but more now that we've had time to reflect and things like that, again, you know, nothing changes. It was still a big victory for the club and for the team. And, you know, for many of us, you know, not having played a lot of rugby in the last couple of years with COVID and stuff, I mean, it was just a massive a massive um, momentum swing, I think, as we build into kind of this final stretch in hopes of chasing that um, some more hardware at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, for those that don't know, I think XR Chiefs only formed a women's team about two, three years ago, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah, two years ago was when we officially started the Allianz. They played a couple kind of warm-up matches and things like that um, in the spring before. But um, yeah, we officially joined the league and kicked off last season. See, last season, and they've already got silverware and they're hunting for the league already like untouchable we love the chiefs <laughs> um what actually got you into rugby in the first place Kate? um it's a great question so i actually started playing um football or obviously in america we called soccer so i just have to try to remember that um <laughs> but i started playing when i was younger and i had three older siblings everything's a competition so we got really into sports um played that all through university when you know, went to university on scholarship and things like that, had heard of rugby. My brothers had dabbled each for a season or so after playing American football. Um, I think mainly because they wanted to hit people some more after football was over. Um, but besides that, you know, watched it, had a lot of friends in university on the team, enjoyed a lot of socials as we all do. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But um, after I graduated uh, university and I was back working actually at my alma mater, um, I was just missing that competitive edge. I wasn't playing any sports. I was just working out, run to the gym, um, trying to get into the CrossFit-esque like everyone else was at that big boom, but was still missing the competitiveness of sport and things. So just joined a women's club team for fun, thought, you know, working nine to five Monday through Friday and working out in the evenings. Why not just play rugby on Saturdays and social Saturday nights, hangover Sunday, back to work on Monday. Um, and so that was really kind of a lot of it was just the, the culture and the people um, and the competitiveness. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I love the fact that you, you love the socials because who doesn't, <laughs> like you said. Um, what actually drew you to XR in the first place? Um, you know, a lot of things. I think the initial one was just the opportunity originally. Um, you know, so throw it back a couple of years, you know, we're at the height of COVID. It's everyone's in lockdown. Rugby's on pause. Sports are on pause. Um, we still had a World Cup on the horizon in 2021 at the time. So, um, and it's 2020 and you're kind of like, how am I best going to prepare for this pinnacle event of my career next year without being able to get to play and things. So um, that summer, 
Um, England was going to try to make sure the league happened for the men and the women. I think they postponed the men's season. They were just able to finish it that summer. Uh, the women were going to mirror similar protocols and things to make it happen. Um, our coach, Rob Kane, originally, you know, he used to coach at Saracens. He's now with us at USA. Um, so he's, he's got a lot of connections. He knew this was going to happen. And again, similarly, he's invested in making sure his players are playing. Um, made a few phone calls, linked us up with coaches who are in need of players. Exeter, being a first-year team, had, you know, at least minimum 23 gaps to fill, if not more, right? Because you want to build that pool of players. So you've got your local players, you've got your uni players, but you also want to kind of round it out, I think, with some experience and things like that. So um, they had a need. We could fill it. Um, had some great conversations with Susie Appleby at the time, you know, via Zoom, as as we all were doing at the time. And um, and here we are, basically. Yeah. And what a story. I mean, 37 appearances, 21 tries in the Chiefs jersey. That's, that's unreal. And I think you're the most versatile player I've ever met. So you play regularly in the back row on the 15s end. When you're on sevens, you're a prop because obviously there are less numbers. But you have played centre as well in a Chiefs jersey. So how how do you work around all that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think my sevens background helped a lot with you know transitioning out to the centres. Like, don't get me wrong, was I very lost at times? And did my teammates really pick me up and carry me around the field? Um, 100%. Like, I after games, they'd be like, yeah, you played so well. And I was like, well, that's because you told me where to be. Um, <laughs> So I think that, you know, it's always that mixture of intuition and finding space. I mean, that's that's a big thing in, in rugby in general, between sevens and fifteens. It's don't run into someone, try to run into a space and find someone else to score a try. So, um, yeah, all of that, all of that worked out quite well. I think, like I said, some intuition, but but honestly, a lot of it's to my teammates around me, the wings and the centers and the fullback. Um, they really kept me in line, I think. Ah, you're, you're too modest. What's your favorite <laughs> position then? Like if you get to pick what, what position you're going for? Oh, I'd 100% stay in the back row. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, because you've played so many different positions, like we just mentioned, we'd like to have fun with it. So what is your dream back row partners? So there's you and two other people. You can pick two past and two present. Your dream centre pairing, again, past and present. And because you've been in the seven circuit, what is your dream seven squad? Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, assuming I can remember names that well. I'm terrible with names. Um, <laughs> I think, let's see. Man, I think I'm that now. Dream back row. Dream back row. This includes me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It has to. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm so dreamy. Um, <laughs> man. Um, who would it be? Such great questions. Put me on a spot like this, you know, you panic and all the names just like leave your head. Yeah, um, we don't like notifying any of our guests about questions, we just hit them with it and let them catch them on the spot. It's brilliant. I know it's so good. Um, I would definitely want to. I have so much respect for some of the other captains in, in the women's 15s game. Um, and so definitely the, the French seven and New Zealand's also back row, less elder as well. I think I'd it'd be a very interesting dynamic pairing between the three of us. Cause again, none of us are overly, you know, I wouldn't say we're overly big back rows or things like that, but just like the agility and things like that across the game, it'd be really interesting to see the three of us play together in the back row and the versatility, you know, you'd have people who could swap between six and seven and it becomes more of a flanker versus an open side, strong side. 
you just have two flankers on the field, for instance, which I think is is kind of a nice move to have. And then you've got the same dynamic ability on either side. You've got people who can pick each other up. Um, don't get me wrong. I'd also love to play, you know, if you mix in the men's side with like a Jason Hooper, Richie McCaw. Um, oh, nice. I like that. Yeah, just their their experience and especially like the ruthlessness. I mean, they're, they, the way they move about the field, they get over the ball and the contact points they make. I mean, if you could mix in some of that as well, that would be... Yeah, I don't see why not. You know what? If there's ever like a charity match or something, and you've got Michael Hooper, Richard McCaw, and Zeke and Kat Zeke, uh, Zachary at number eight, <laughs> you're not winning any ball. Like turnovers galore, tries galore, hard hitting tackles. So like, good luck to anyone that goes against that back row here. In. Yeah. Um, what's your centre partner? Um, man, that's a great question as well. I think. Um, Hmm, who would it be? Who would it be? And don't get me wrong, Emily Scarrett's absolute class. I think she'd be up there in, in some of the top choices. You know, I think she is back to the to her playing abilities, especially after being out for injuries. And she had a great Six Nations campaign. Um, I need her to get to the Chiefs. I'd, I'd like to see that. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a great pairing. And it'd just be, I mean, again, it's the West Country. She can farm out here. She farms exactly. there. Yeah. Here. Um, man, who else? Such great questions. Um, I'm so biased though. I'd also like, well, I'd like to play with the Lev. Always like, always like playing alongside 11 sevens. Like obviously we'd want to play alongside her in 15s. You can be um, as biased as you like. That's fine. You're the guest. You can be as biased as you want. I know. <laughs> um, man. I don't even know. Just even a couple of the um, the Irish centers who just debuted at Six Nations, some of the sevens players, you know, Higgins and things like that. I think they're so dynamic. And it, once again, with that sevens ability and the speed and pace they had on the ball, like they'd be absolute class to play next to. Just playing off of them, they would they find so much space and they play make so well. Makes your job easier, I think. Where it's yeah, just like, again, if I don't know what I'm doing. I need to play off someone who knows what they're doing. And they're going to put me through space. Yeah, that's, that's fair, at least. I mean, Emma Scarlett. And Kate Zachary as a centre partnership would be deadly. But if you want to stay in the back row and you've got Eve Higgins and Emily Scarrett, there you go. There's almost like a dream team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I'd be, I'd be into that. See. There you go. Put us together. Sorry, awesome. I'll, I'll go team manager. I'll, I'll fix it all. If anyone's confused. <laughs> um, obviously, you've been in the sevens as well. So, who, who do you love playing with in the sevens, or who would you have loved to play with? Um. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I've played, it's been a few years since I've played, but there's so much talent still in it, but there's also so much talent that I'd want to play alongside even from before. Um, so I think, um, man, there's, um, I mean, Stacey Fuller, she's been killing it on both sides of New Zealand sevens and fifteens. I think, um, she'd be someone I'd want to play alongside. She's absolutely electric. She's quick. She's fast. Um, she'd be someone I'd want to see out there. Um, I'm even trying to think of some of the players I've played against, even in my time, not even currently debuting. I mean, Ghislaine Landry for Canada Sevens, she retired a few years ago, but she'd been with the program for so long. Again, someone who just found space everywhere she went. She was also such a kicking threat, so much pace, but also a huge playmaker for that team um, throughout her entire career. I think that would be someone... Um, Again, that just leads by example. 
and so it'd be easy to follow. Um, can't forget about US Jillian Potter. I came into sevens alongside her. Um, and honestly, just even from a personal level and a rugby level, I mean, she's just someone who's so good for the team and just kind of brings it all together on and off the pitch, um, which is just as important. You know, the sevens are together all the time. So I think she'd be someone to be around. And plus, she's so long, she's so tall, she just gets around the field so easily um, and has such a huge brain IQ, a uh, rugby IQ. Um, who else? Um, there's a few names in my head that's not that you've not mentioned yet, but there's more. It's more current than than past. Who's that? Naya Tapper. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Obviously, she gets called the queen of TikTok, Alona Meyer. Mhm. Mm and another black fern in Michaela Boyd, because yeah. she's electric as well. But. Yeah, just there's so many sevens, there's so many fifteens, and you've been fortunate enough to mesh with all of them, essentially, in one way or another. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and again, it's you know, it's continuing to grow in the US as well, right? You know, Alona and I have come up through the college system, the uni system, and a couple of those other girls now too. So it's just more and more is picking up. So you're seeing that talent come up earlier and and even some of the development players I know who are in the pool now for sevens, it's great to be able to come up through some of those same channels like other countries. You know, they're picking it up at an earlier age um, and they're getting to play for a few more years by the time they even hit that women's um, senior side. So no, absolutely class players. And that's why it's so tough to choose. I mean, especially with sevens, you've got such a limited roster with so much talent from past to before that I've played against. Um, it was great watching Naya come up through her career, come out to sevens um, and work through that to now be you know, one of the leading try scores and appearances and and everything like that. So it is really cool to see that and see kind of that come full circle for her. Yeah, she's very humble as well. We have we have had her on the show. That's why you're not our first USA player. You're yeah. you're our first 15s USA player and our first XR <laughs> chief, but not our first USA. <laughs> yeah. And she's also a Leo, so you know you can't go wrong with that. Her and Alona both. There you go. Not had Alona yet, but never say never. So yeah. Um, speaking of like the growth of rugby in the US how what do you think of the potential rugby world cup in 2031 I think they're bidding for uh yeah I think uh, I've had a lot of great conversations with with different players and different people within the system and stuff because it's the same question you know what does everyone think about it and everything um and I think it's it's a huge opportunity you know we had the sevens world cup uh, a couple of years ago 2018 um which is amazing. I think there's a few things we have to work out for 15s. Obviously it's a bit more complex and the length and the field spaces we need, but as well as the fans. Um, so sevens worked out. We had it in a baseball diamond. It was good. It was a good experience for us rugby. I think for a massive event, there's definitely room for improvement, but overall, right. We put out a spectacle that people I think enjoyed. So looking ahead to the next one in you know, just under 10 years time, under a decade for the men's and then the women's, um, we've got a lot of room to grow. We've got a lot of room to figure out exactly those stadiums. I know we've got a lot of bids, which will be, we've got the stadiums, we've got the space for people. Um, and obviously America loves sports. So I think we won't hold anything back with making them a spectacle and making it really exciting for the fans. Um, so, and then as far as just foundationally for rugby in America goes, you know, that's a few more years to create buzz. That's a few more years to build those players up. So we've got a, a few younger players now in the system 
you know, they're 18, 19, 20, like they're definitely projecting they'll be in that pool, which is amazing, you know, building them up now, giving them those 10 years of experience to debut at home, you know, in 2030 would be absolutely amazing on both men's and women's sides, right? So it, it's really cool to see that and just continue to see from where we were in the 80s to where we were when we won in 1991 to like potentially bringing it back home from the women's side in 2033 um, and the men 2031, like, I mean, it's just, it's outstanding to see that progress where we've come and um, it's just massive opportunity to develop it. It's growing, it's picking up in schools more and more. So that I think will just give us even more um, kind of encouragement to bring it full circle. So from the youth to the senior side and anywhere in between. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I mean, you mentioned the 91 Women's World Cup champions. I read the other week and I don't get why it took so long. Why just now are they now on the trophy? Surely they would just be there when they <laughs> win it. So it was technically a different affiliation at the time. Um, so it wasn't like a, a world rugby. I think it was like IRB or something like that. So it was technically different. So there was actually a separate trophy um, for those first two um, tournaments. And so that's why it kind of wasn't always included because it was always just a separate trophy, even though it in the books it's, denoted similarly it just wasn't on there so and then i from my understanding i think that trophy's since gone missing um even better (laughs) no but all in all i mean exactly it's and now looking back it's now being accepted as obviously the first event and things so which is a huge milestone i know um we've unfortunately lost a few players from that team in the last year um so i think it's really meaningful for that team to finally have that recognition and be on the trophy that we're hoping to raise at the end of the year yeah absolutely i just it's just when I read it, like it was like middle of April, 2022, and it's like <laughs> World Rugby can confirm the 1991 Women's World Champion to the USA will now be added as like the role of honor on the like the bottom of the trophy. I'm like, shouldn't it already be there? Yeah. To be honest, I actually hadn't even I didn't even actually realize that, and that came out, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Because um, you, you even see it on television. You see a, like a person engraving the name. There yeah. and then, so yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah. at least it's there now, and they're they're there, they're recognised. Yeah. What do you th- now? What do you think of um, the MLR? Obviously, you were talking about the growth of rugby in the United States, and now they've got their own league. That's I think this is their fourth that season. Is uh, it MLR? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think it's fourth. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. It's an awesome opportunity for for the men's side to develop. We've had. So many players overseas, which is obviously going to be funny since I'm like, now I'm here, but we've had so many men's players overseas. There's been you know, so much need for growth, I think. And um, it's a model that's finally taken off. You know, they, they've had a few iterations just trying to find their footing. U.S. does have its complications of being so big, just the, the travel alone to play gets quite expensive when you're trying to move teams across the country. So um, it's really, you know, I think it's, it's empowering to know that they found a model, they found investors, they found people who are passionate and want to make it work. Um, and I'm hopeful it's a model that we can start mirroring with some of the women's side, right? Like it's obviously worked out well here. You see it happening in New Zealand. You've got a men's program. They've got the investment. They've got this. They're adding on the women's program because people want women's teams, right? There's there's a need and the want for it wherever you go. Yeah. Um, it's just fostering the right environment for them. So you know, even from our benefit, if the MLR continues to do well, 
you know, you have to suspect in the future, you start to align that with women's sides and, and a women's league and things like that. So um, from that standpoint, obviously, I think it's amazing. Having been in and around it, I've done some um, sideline commentary and stuff like that. I mean, it's, they're, they're really putting together a great package and they're making it work in like what I said, a, a country with a variety of complications with travel and, and so on. But um, it's awesome to see for rugby growing in America and, and being as a country that has so many sports to compete with. You know, on the men's side, you've got American football and, and basketball and baseball that you're always competing with to even get guys out for rugby. Yeah. Um, on the women's side, you know, you're competing with lacrosse, field hockey, basketball, soccer, and, and those kinds of things. So um, we're so diverse, but it's cool to see rugby finally really taking off and the MLR being on TV now. So you're connecting with that fan base that probably wouldn't have otherwise watched rugby as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've kind of watched like clips, but I watch so much rugby. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's sickening how much I watch. So trying to actually keep on tabs of everything is unreal. I did see a clip the other day. I can't remember the exact team. I want to say Dallas with a six foot nine winner. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's like a giraffe breaking loose. Yeah, yeah, but he's quick. I've seen I've seen some of those clips as well of him. I haven't been able to catch too many games either, just with the time change sometimes. But I've seen the clips, and that guy's also really quick. Yeah, exactly. He, that, he covers a lot of ground each step. I'm not sure, but so what? What would be your MLR team? Like, what team would you try and support without being too biased? Or if you could, uh, yeah, go biased if you want. Well, I definitely used to be a, like a Legion fan because I lived in that area. Um, more and more, though, I've got actually quite a few friends on the Houston Sabercats. Um, so I, I'll admit I've, I've tried to always follow their their path and their career. And they're a team who's, who's had a bit of um, they've had a tough couple of years, but I think they finally found their footing. They're having a great season this year as well. So even being a little bit of not a Cinderella story, because maybe yes, maybe no, that might be more safe for like your Dallas Jackals who are first year in the season. But um, the Sabercats have had you know, a great couple of outings now this season. Like I said, I've got a few friends there, so I got to follow them. Got yeah, to I mean that's that's fair. I mean we've our one of the co-hosts, Sean. He's a big, massive New York fan. Like he is obsessed with New York, just as a city. Yeah. And so we kind of yeah, cool. We'll go for New York. I'm a <laughs> Seattle fan, but that's only because of American football. Like I'm a big Seahawks fan. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I'll just stick to the same area. I'm not jumping yeah. in the ship. Yeah, it, it is interesting. There's so many teams and they're also they're also dynamic and different as well. Cause I mean, even I do like in like watching the New England Free Jacks, for instance, they've got such they look like they play a lot of fun rugby um, as well, for instance. So it's just I don't know, there's so many teams to watch, but it's more like where your loyals rest, but also who's fun to watch and competitive. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I mean, over here, I live and die by Edinburgh and XR Chiefs. Like <laughs> I can watch other teams, but they are my teams. I will not support anyone else. How did you become such an Edinburgh Chiefs fan then? Oh, it was years ago. So just before Exeter actually got promoted to the Prem, I thought, right, everyone needs like an English team. You kind of support a team from each country sort of thing. And it just happened to be an Exeter Chiefs game on television. And I fell in love with it. Gar Steenson, Ian Witten, Ben Moon, they're all st they're still there now. And they just became my team and I didn't know that they were actually in the championship at the time. So when I seen them get promoted, I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't support like the big team. I'm not like a glory hunter. So yeah, I've been there for all, all the good times, essentially. And wow. because I'm affiliated with XR Chiefs, the, the girls come under that as well. And I love watching women's rugby, especially this year. It's yeah. just taking off 
And we've been saying it the last few weeks on our regular episodes. Just pay them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't disagree. Yeah, well, exactly. But without getting into too much detail, are you a full-time professional player? Or do you have a nine-to-five job on top of this? I am a rugby player with a full-time job on the side. So, um, (laughs) yeah. How? How do you do it? (laughs) Coffee, lots of coffee. Um, Sleeping (laughs) in late. Um, Yeah, I've been I've been really lucky. I got I picked up this job actually back in 2018. So I I retired from sevens 2018. Kind of took a few months off from everything. Just kind of worked out jobs just kind of relaxed, hung out, et cetera. Um, as 15s was starting to pick up then, Rob Kane came on as coach. We started to go on tour and things. And that's kind of when I officially was like, yeah, I'm definitely done with sevens. I just want to focus 15s. Need a career then at this point, need a job. Haven't worked now in probably, what was that, five, six years at that point. So um, anyways, the job I have now is an account manager for a company based in California. Remote before remote was cool which was nice. So it allowed me to start even playing rugby and traveling and things like that with us, uh, which was great. And they've, they've been super supportive with my move to England. Um, as long as my work gets done, I can talk to my clients and talk to my teams. Um, they've been super supportive of me being here on a different time zone. So, um, yeah, last year I just perfected the schedule. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I try to work as close to normal Pacific coast hours in America. So usually start work at four, work until like two, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I work a little bit in the morning and then go to practice all afternoon and evening. And then I'm back online by about 10 till again, like 1.30 or so. Um, do, do you ever sleep? <laughs> uh, I usually get to bed by about 2.30 and sleep until about 9.30. So try to get at least seven to seven and a half hours of sleep. Oh my, that's actually angered me now. Not the fact that you're, not the fact that you're hard work. I praise you to high heaven for that, but you are you are one of the most successful. You've crushed it. You've been to the, you're an Olympian. I You've got been... up for the Olympics actually. Oh, I know some, so... some places say I am, but I'm actually not. <laughs> I'll still count it. You were in the you were in the discussion. I'm counting it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you were at a World Cup in your own country. You're now back in the pool for the next World Cup. You've just won. The, the first ever Allianz Cup and it was the club's first ever silverware and you still work a nine-to-five job. Oh, just pay every woman that plays rugby. It's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's a, obviously it's a place we have to go in, in creating this professional environment. I think it's been an adjustment even, you know, for a couple of our coaches too, coming across from the men's game and stuff. They're kind of like, oh, you guys are professional. Perfect. And they're like, oh, you're, not actually professional got it because obviously we we sell that we're professional or semi-professional but you know you've got people who are balancing other jobs who come and we've got players who can only be part-time say they're working their careers during the day which limits them their ability to come to practices and things like that so it is hard but there's people giving those that up to try to pursue this which is amazing but you you have to find the investment you have to find the way that we can support the women best as possible um so they can eventually start working less and working never and, and the resources, but it's included for the staffing as well. It's, it's definitely the players, right? We're the ones who show up on the weekends um, and have to put our bodies on the line and do all that. But similar in the women's game, it's also for the staff. You know, you have to look out for your support team and things because, you know, there's a lot of programs where those people are also doing two jobs. Um, that's just, that's mad. 
because I think I used the, the logic of like what you just said. You do say that you're a professional rugby player, but like you're you're not getting paid, and you have got a job on top of that. Does that mean technically I'm a professional rugby? Like by that standard, am I a professional rugby? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm nowhere near it. <laughs> and I'm kind of glad I asked this because reading up on on your career, I honestly just assumed that you were professional. Oh my. Exor, sort your shit out. <laughs> yeah, I think Exor has been has been a really supportive club in trying to find other ways that you know we can always balance it. It's tough too with the conversations of the incoming salary caps and limitations and stuff. And you know it's good to protect the program to some extent, but it's also interesting to cap something that you know doesn't even have a ceiling really yet. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting conversation looking ahead to the future of the league and and how you also encourage the development of the English team, which I know is the, a big piece of the puzzle, but also how you continue to develop um, the league itself and the competition. Because, right, the, the more competitive this is, the better it is for all of your UK-based teams. You've got your Scottish players, your Irish players. Um, you've got your Welsh players and obviously the English players playing in the league. You know, you've got your Six Nations. It's You're trying to continue to make competitive. You've got World Cups. You're trying to make competitive. So it's keeping at the root of, of this league, the development of, you know, your English players from bottom up, but also how do you improve those around you just to make everything competitive? Yeah, I think just make it a level playing field. That's the best way to do it. Anyway, we could talk about this all day because that's that's generally angered me a little bit. But thank you for thank you for sharing all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you got any advice for like younger women wanting to break through? into into rugby yeah i mean i think it's always such a great question about that and everyone's path will always be different um i think from an advice standpoint it's these things just seizing every opportunity you have i mean that's how i even ended up here in the first place is i didn't know what i was doing i was working i had an opportunity to go to a camp many moons ago for sevens i said yes because why not um you know, and then you, sometimes you have to make a move and you have to be prepared to, to lifestyle change if you're wanting to chase that dream, which can be difficult. Um, but, you know, seize the opportunities that are given to you. Know that there's going to be challenges. Um, you may have to work another job. You may have to do these things. But um, even in those toughest days, like the, you'll get the outcome you want if, if you're willing to work for it a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Just seize the opportunity. I, like, I, I really rate that. Obviously, you're co-captain of XR Chiefs right now, and you have been captain for USA Eagles in the past. Does captaincy change you as a person, or are you still very much Kate from the socials in university? (laughs) Um, I've learned a lot about how what my leading style is and things like that, and I think everyone's a little bit different, and that's what, at the root of it, is number one. You have to understand your leading style and, and also what the team needs because it's it's similar to coaching, right? Like I may have my coaching philosophy, but as I move teams, I may have to adapt certain things to the players that I'm around. Um, so there's one that it's just kind of figuring out what the team needs from me. Um, a few years ago, um, Rob and I actually had a conversation about like me and leading and, and rugby and stuff. And he's like, look, like you're actually not playing great rugby right now because you're trying to do too much because I think I had this picture in my head of what captains must do and how they must act and things like that. And so I was just, he was like, you're just trying to cover people on the field. You're trying to do too much in the evenings. Like we have a leadership team, use them, this and that, like, and it's just remember like that 
reminding yourself that you're just at the end of the day, you're just a player. You can lead by example. Yes, maybe you have something inspiring to say, but you also don't always have to say something inspiring that's going to make the movie clip one day. Um, sometimes you just have to be the person that's the stable one who can lead a little bit by example. You can pick people up when they're down. You know, you're not always going to be best friends with everyone, but you can also be very talkative with everyone. You can relate to people, things like that. And it's just like reminding not to lose yourself in it. Um, it's it's not a role, it's more of an action, I think is the biggest thing about it. And that's something I try to remind myself of in these latter years. The earlier years, like I said, I so distracted by it and had this honest conversation is basically, you're not playing good rugby. Um, and I think it was, it was hard to hear at first because I thought I was playing decent, I was doing this, I was making my contact points, but he's like, but then you're not doing what else I need from you on the field because you're doing these extra things essentially. Yeah. So um, I think that was a big turning point in far, as far as balancing it. Um, and just knowing that like you have, that's why you have leadership teams. That's why you have coaching staffs. It's why you've got others around you. That's why it's the benefit of having 50 people in the pool. Sometimes, you know, you've got other people to lean on as resources. Yeah, definitely. Um, upcoming before the world cup this year, there is the Pacific four. Now, if, for those who don't know, it is New Zealand, Black Ferns, Australia, Canada, and the USA Eagles. Are you part of that, Kate? Are you planning on being a part of the Pacific Four? I hope so. I hope so. We're still going through our selection process, so I hope to be there um, just to have more caps and opportunities to play. I haven't ever actually gotten to play Australia, so it'd be really cool. Played New Zealand 100 times over in Canada, but um, no, hopeful, fingers crossed, we're working through that process now. I did see that you were in the pool, the players' pool, for the World Cup, so that, that, that kind of tells me that you're you have to be in the Pacific Four pool as well then, because that's before the World Cup. Well, that's also know. a pool of, of 42, and you only take 28, so. <laughs> Kate Zachary's going, Captain America. Our, our nickname's Captain America. You can't not take her. <laughs> <laughs> you never trust that, though, actually. It's just, it's one of those, I you always want to go, but, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people playing a lot of good rugby these days, so. Um, it's we're actually in a really great competitive place in the U.S. now. I think we've got such a well-rounded pool, and with players playing now in the U.S. as well as in England, um, it's just great to see the the competitiveness kind of continue to drive up. And um, as we prepare for the World Cup, and the decisions just get harder and harder for the coaches, which is great. Uh, yeah, that is definitely a good thing because it's not like like you said when you were first being captain that you weren't playing good rugby, but you're still getting picked. So even now, that's a good thing that there are more options in a way yeah. as well. So it's always, it's always beneficial, but you, you will be playing. Mark my words, you will be there. You will get to play Australia. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I call it quick fire questions. It's not about speed. It's more just getting to know the person away from rugby, essentially. So favorite pizza topping. Ooh, favorite pizza topping. Um, lately it's been pickles. For gherkins. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin with that. That's completely thrown me. I was not expecting. Pickles. But it's got to have a barbecue sauce, um, sauce, not a not a tomato sauce base. Right. Okay. Does pineapple ball on pizza? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> but with pepperonis, not with ham. Oh, okay. What would yeah. you call it? What would you call that then? Because ham and pineapples. 
I actually have no idea. My my brother started bringing it home when I was younger and he worked at a, a pizza place. He started bringing home pepperoni pineapple pizza. I don't even know what I would call it. I think I would just ask for that because it, it's not a Hawaiian pizza and it's not Canadian bacon. It's just pepperoni and, and pineapple. I don't know. You're from Kansas. Well, Kansas pizza. Yeah, we'll call it Kansas pizza. There you Hi. go. <laughs> um, favorite, favorite social drink? Uh, <laughs> uh, depends on the kind of night, but typically a whiskey ginger, uh, either ginger beer or ginger ale. I like oh, an Irish yeah. whiskey and, and ginger. Like Jack Daniels or, or hard? I like stuff. Jack Daniels. I'm more of an Irish whiskey drinker, though. Or mm. I do like a good bourbon, but that's more if you're going to just be sipping it on the rocks and then having a nice quiet night. Ah, uh, fair. You need to try proper whiskey, Scottish whiskey. Okay. I have a Scottish <laughs> whiskey, so interested. If you have recommendations, let me know. Oh, well, but not in this. There's t- we're not sponsored by any of them, so they don't get the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer um, strength and conditioning or cardio? <laughs> um, it's so tough because I honestly really like both. Um, now, if I'm retired and I'm not trying to be an athlete anymore i'm definitely just hitting the gym frequently um i feel like anytime i've been on lulls in my rugby career i've just gone back to the gym and hit um a few strength try to get bulky and just have fun in the gym again so um cardio is always great i feel like then i can go home and eat the pizza and have my whiskey ginger and feel better about myself but uh, uh yeah i think if if i had to choose i'm gonna be strength and conditioning that's fair um favorite music genre <laughs> I'm from Kansas. It's country. Ah, oh, nice. So what's your favorite song? Um, <laughs> there's a lot of great songs. I think um, ones that maybe aren't my favorite, but I feel like have been, um, they've now become a staple in my playlist with the team would be things like She's Country by Jason Aldean or, or Big Green Tractor, mainly because we sing it on the bus and we belt it for all of our English friends to listen to and they seem to really enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> or making fun of us. I'm not sure which, but. Could be both. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big sucker for Dan and Shay. I really okay. like the song. I really like the song Tequila. It's just stuck with me. You're more of a Popco guy. We got it. Okay. Or I could go really country. Your Man by Josh Turner. That is a okay. absolutely. I love that. That's I don't better. know what it is. It's nothing to do with my regular playlist. Yeah. It just comes on. I'm like, okay, yeah, I could jump to this. Yeah, he's got a great voice, so I, I accept. It's just you just feel all warm and nurtured when he sings to you. Exactly. Jason Turner's just giving you a big hug, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is your favorite film? Favorite film? Um, I don't know. Um, obviously, there's always the classics with like the Disney type things, or you know, Fox and the Hound is always an all-time favorite since a kid, even though it makes you cry sometimes. Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel like those are the ones that always come to mind. Um, I've also You're watched right. them because my niece is a nephew. So like your Moana's, the Lego movie, there's all of those like, that only come to mind, but I think it's because I'm brainwashed thanks to my nieces and nephews. That's fair. I mean, we are vibing hard right now. We both drink whiskey or, or bourbon. Not, <laughs> maybe not the pizza thing. I would let you have your own pizza, but yeah. we'll have a, we'll have a country sing song. We'll watch Moana. Yeah. It's going to be, be a great night out <laughs> or night in. <laughs> a good night in. There we go. That ends <laughs> Some wee golf as well, or some, um, yeah. Yeah. Mario golf. Mm, maybe, maybe. Who knows where this would go? It'd be a very interesting social. <laughs> um, away from rugby, what's your, what's your hobby? Like, what do you like to do away from rugby? 
Um, honestly, I usually like to go for a lot of like hikes and things like that. Just try to be out in nature a bit or love a good, just pop around to the coffee shops. Um, I'm really on vacation and just trying to, to hang out. I, I think um, looking ahead, for instance, this summer, I plan on just getting in the car and driving and going to see some more sites and things like that, camping, just trying to be out a bit and tune off. Cause I think um, on the daily, I'm on my computer. I feel like 23 hours of the day between work, watching rugby film, and then in the in-between sometimes just watching Netflix or something to, to switch off from it all. Um, so when I have the opportunity in like long periods of time, I just like to go out for a drive. You know, in America, we drive everywhere. I feel like I grew up driving everywhere. So um, I love a good road trip um, when I have the time. Need a road trip up to Scotland. Yeah, I also do want to do that eventually. I want to find time to come up to Scotland, actually. It's a place I haven't well, been yet. Well, I'll welcome you. I'll I'll be the I'll be the tour guide. I'm actually a big history nerd as well, so I could. I'm interested. Save, I could save you a fortune, honestly. <laughs> that is actually also good to hear because I feel like it's yeah you end up at all the touristy sites and you don't always get the behind the scenes ones. Exactly. I could give you the real the real tours <laughs> of Scotland. Boom! I'm in. Well, once I have a break, I'm in. Might be next yeah. year, but <laughs> that's fine. Just let just drop me a message. <laughs> um, favorite food style. What was that? Kind of like, like, what's your favorite food? Like Italian, Chinese, uh, Thai, Mexican. Did you say foot style or food style? Um, <laughs> Not food style. <laughs> um, I actually really like Mediterranean a lot. Um, like lamb kebabs and and the salads and the, the pita and the tzatziki. I feel like I can just, because there's like some foods where it's like pizza, eat a few slices and sometimes you get a bit full. Um, I feel like Mediterranean, I can eat on it for like an hour before I actually feel like completely full to my to the brim and, and unable to eat anymore nice I thought you would have said barbecue just because of homegrown I love barbecue but I think I again after living in San Diego we found a couple of really good Mediterranean spots and ever since like it's always um that and then but if you're talking like sunshine and and we're having some beers like heck yeah we're gonna barbecue we're gonna have a grill we're gonna put a bunch of burgers and and hot dogs on the on the grill and yeah I'm coming down to you for this as well. I'll give you a tour of Scotland, but I'm coming down for a barbecue on the coast in the summer. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Maybe next year. COVID, I, I took up trying to smoke brisket and things like that out on the grill. It's really hard, but it's an all-day adventure, which is nice. On like a Saturday, work out in the morning and then smoke brisket for dinner in the evening. Um, it is a long process, isn't it? It's it is. for brisket, yeah. It's rewarding, it just, though, if you get it just, right. just melts like butter if you yeah. do it right. Yeah. Oh. No, you're making me hungry. <laughs> what's your favorite dessert my favorite dessert uh, ice cream not that's it ice cream love ice cream any specific flavor or um i haven't found it here but um back in the states it's mint moose track so it's mint ice cream with fudge cups and fudge swirls and things like that um, i usually buy an entire pint of it and just eat it in an evening that's the only other thing i can't really keep it in the house because i'll eat the whole thing um <laughs> I also, but also a big sucker for like being able to go to an ice cream parlor and get like scooped ice cream, really good, creamy scooped ice cream in a cone. And the well, flavors there, change because you got to try them all. Yeah, absolutely. There is a world famous one up here in Scotland. So there you go. I'm just selling you on it now. <laughs> ice cream, beautiful countryside. Perfect. Exactly. Best roommate. <laughs> um, I'd have to say my partner. I mean, I'd probably yes. trouble if I said otherwise, but. Um... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, I've had so many great roommates. I think um, if it was roommates on like a tour, um, yeah. man, who would it be? I've had so many good ones. 
Anyone who brings coffee. Oh, actually, you know what? Nana Faavesi, she, I, with between sevens and fifteens, I've been roommates with her and she's great. She's, she's tidy. She loves just to hang out, watch TV and we can chat. We can also not chat. There's always that nice balance as well. So I think from a, a tour standpoint, it'd be Nana. Um, but obviously in life, I got to choose my partner. Otherwise, dog house. And congratulations on, on the engagement as well. Thank well, you. While we're at it. When's the big day? That's a great question. Whenever she graduates from getting <laughs> her post-grad degree and I have a break in rugby. So next year sometime, hopefully. <laughs> oh, next year? Oh, nice. Yeah. Two, two years for me. Two years. Two years, yeah. Well, I guess we're hopeful for next year, but we'll also see. Depends if her career really takes off, so... I think we looked. I think we looked at next year. I've seen the price on. Yeah, no, we'll go. We'll go back a year. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like angle for like you know out in the family countryside somewhere. Just throw up some sticks, have some people come. Yeah. Say I, I do. We're trying now. to do semi-traditional as a, as well. So like nice yeah. indoor venue, like over the top, like dress to impress yeah. sort of thing. Okay. But not massive. I, I yeah. don't have, I don't know that many people. I, like the people that have like 300 people come to see your wedding, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you can afford it, to be honest. We have done like a an initial guest list and it was like in the 150s. And that's still like, there's, I'm sure there are a few we missed, things like that. And you're just kind of like, oh, sweet. Sorry, how and where and when are we yeah. going there? Okay. <laughs> I think we've got, I think for night and day in total, it's 120. We've got to. Okay. Yeah. And even then, I'm like, uh, let's see we'll see how it goes yeah off, i love you guys but like maybe if you didn't all make it yeah like oh no i'm good you can't make it. it's cheaper now thanks <laughs> <laughs> um sunrise or sunset um typically sunsets i love a good sunset now if we're going on a morning hike though there is nothing that beats like a sunrise from like a, a mountain though um but so just yeah fair enough obviously because you've been around the world what's your favorite venue to play in or even just watch yeah um hmm favorite venue i think from um a playing standpoint um i've been to a lot of great venues you know twickenham we also played after the men once back in gosh this would have been 2015 now we had started in the stoop and then we did our um first second third fourth match and took them after the men had finished up and stuff which was cool because it, so many people were in there granted by that point they were wasted and loud and obnoxious but it also was cool because to be in an environment where you can hear um, was a new experience you know for women's but i think overall though one thing i really like is dubai sevens because of that the intermix they do with the invitational side and the way the stadium's set up, all the fields surround it. Once you come into the park, you're in the park, you can free flow between the seven stadium and your field. And so it's like, there's constantly people in the stands, there's people around. And so from like a festival and, and having fans and people there cheering for every game, like it's just one of those where, and I think a lot of people for the most part enjoy it. Cause again, they can go play rugby, they can drink beer, they can wander in the stadium and watch games pretty easily as well. So um, that one's cool just because the environment and it carries on the like ethos I think of like a rugby community that's fair that's fair and last question just for a bit of fun Exeter or Kansas Exeter or Kansas oh my gosh <laughs> um, 
It's so tough. I mean, I, the only reason I might choose Exeter is also just the ability to be at the beach though. So you still get drive driving through pastures and green space without any homes or businesses or, or anything like that. You can just see for miles, which is what I love about Kansas. And you can get that in Exeter. Um, but on the other hand, I can drive 20 minutes and also be at the beach and coffee shops and watching all the dogs frolic in the water. Um, I think is one massive perk um, to Exeter. It's just a difference. You go this way, you get this. If you go this way, you get this. Fair enough, fair enough. But you've actually smashed all of these questions and great stories as well. Like, I can't wait to hear more away from the episode, but thank well, you so much for agreeing to come on with your busy schedule. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it's great to be here and it's great to talk women's rugby as we continue to grow and, and hopefully more people hear this and we, we get some more fans. Yeah, exactly. Like I've said, it's on the rise and if you don't like women's rugby, you're going to get left behind. It's as simple as that. They're, they're here to take over. I agree. It's bold and I love it. Yeah, come with us or don't come at all. Exactly. What a way to end it. <laughs> this has been Final Whistle with Kate Zachary and we'll see you next time.